What's up, people, and welcome to episode one of the Loot Pods Game Club podcast. Woo, woo, woo. I am your host, DJ Lewis, and I'm joined by my very good friends. Pete and Bezzy is in the house not hosting. What up? I get to just be talent today. Also joined by Stephen Radford, of course. Hello, yeah, I'm here, as always, according to Pete, anyway. You've been, you have, you're on a good streak. And for the first time on a Loot Pods podcast, Chloe Fathers, how are Ooh, you? I'm good, thank you. Woo! A resident streamer and resident Lindbergh fan. Oh, right? yes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> KK's biggest fan. Yes. Was it KK Disco aficionado or something? Enthusiast, but I will Enthusiast. take aficionado too. <laughs> Boy, I, did, I did just want to tell you, last night uh, I was doing a virtual hang with a couple of my friends and we were playing Smash and I changed the, um, the like waiting music in the online menu to KK Disco and I thought of you. I didn't even realize it was in Smash, but thank it you. Is, <laughs> Good is to it know. like a remake or is it like a read? It's like a remix, yeah. Those ones are probably better than the originals, but Some that's them. a hot take. <laughs> not, not for this show. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, for people who have not paid attention, um, the first episode is going to be about Coffee Talk, which is available on Switch. I think that's how we all played it, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah I played on Switch, yeah. You're, we're not allowed to do games that aren't on Switch. What are you kidding me? This is a Nintendo podcast. Hey, well, you know, if everyone wants to play it somewhere else, that's fine too. Unacceptable. Oh, is that allowed? Okay, good. Because there's so much stuff I want to play that's ended up on Game Pass. So, <laughs> just, just say that you played it on Switch. Make sure it's on Switch. That's the only criteria. Oh, and everyone's like, wow, the graphics on this were terrible. And you're like, what are you on about? It's like 4K, <laughs> super high resolution. <laughs> I really like this exclusive Mario content. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> So anyway, this is going to be a sort of pilot episode, so you know there's going to be some uh, some bumps in the road, I'm sure. So if you have any thoughts, feel free to let us know on how we can improve the show and the format and everything. But I'm thinking how we can get started. How can they let us know, DJ? I don't know. How do, how, how do they let us know? Twitter? Discord? Email? You Anywhere go. you want. Those are some good ways. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be in the plugs. I'm going to put the plugs in. You got and it. You, you got can it. figure you out where thing. you I'm can. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't I, I pre-recorded... Host. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop my secret. I pre-recorded the plugs so that way I don't forget how you know you guys can reach out to us. So, before we get started, let me tell you everywhere you can find Loot Pots all over the internet. For Nintendo news and reviews, check out LootPots.com. Follow us on Twitter at LootPots. Follow us on Twitch at LootPots, where we're streaming three days a week on Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Check us out on YouTube, where we're uploading analysis videos on some Nintendo announcements and other Nintendo-related content. If you're looking to join a community full of potsheads and gaming fans like yourself, feel free to check us out on Discord and join our server where we're playing Pokemon, Animal Crossing, you name it, we play it, we talk about it. And if you want to go above and beyond and support what we're doing, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash lootpots. And if you support us at the $1 level, you will get access to another show that we do called After Dark, where we talk about life and other non-Nintendo gaming stuff, and you will have access to over 40 episodes of that show. Anyway... Um, I guess we'll do this like a round table format. So Chloe, we'll start with you. What did you think of the game? Um, favorite characters, favorite parts, favorite moments? I really, really liked it. And I knew I would going into it because it's just that kind of, I love the art style. I love the music. And I, from like when you played it a couple of months before we'd even touched it, DJ, you were saying that the writing was just so good. And I knew that was the kind of game I'd love because I'm not like, I don't know, it sounds bad to say I'm not really big on gameplay, but like I'm very compelled by a good story and every single character they all had really like unique stories, but ended up like intertwining so well in the coffee shop setting. So yeah, just overall, I really, really enjoyed all of it from like the art style, the music and the music I'd already been listening to for like probably a couple months before I'd even touched the game. So I knew immediately that just like the atmosphere that all like combined together made so good. Yeah, I actually bought the game physically. And when you do so, I, there's like they did like a limited run games, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was like another publisher who published it physically. You get a, a soundtrack and an art book. So I totally did that. And I don't know. Is it like on Spotify or something too? The yeah. So I've been listening so. to it on Spotify. But then also actually within the first like half, well, I played like the first half an hour and I immediately went to pre-order a collector's edition as well. So I'm going to have the art book, the physical copy of the soundtrack as well. Like that's how much I enjoyed it right off the bat. I wish like, I had done that. <laughs> Like, yeah. I, and it's not even shipping until like August, September time, but I cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, it's one of those games that I honestly need to replay because <laughs> I, I played through it once. 
Um, and I want to play it again, but like, I don't know. It was just something about the characters and the overall like gameplay. I don't, I don't like story narrative driven games that much, but like this one, for some reason, I guess because it gave me something to do, you know, while you're making coffee, while you're listening to people and everything, I guess that kind of scratched that itch for like gameplay. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think the soundtrack the the stories the characters how they all interact together is a big part of why this is a good game and it's only like three to five hours long and just when you were saying about like it there was just enough gameplay for me there was so little like actual gameplay that it almost felt like watching a film a lot of the time and the stories were good enough that i didn't mind that like there's even the option to like autoplay the dialogue instead of having to like hit a through it as well so it was really nice just Mm. to sit back and enjoy the stories i'm gonna have to drop this question who is your favorite character um oh my god i've forgotten names now i really like the the doctor werewolf and um lua Mm. i think those are my favorites yeah yeah that's gala 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 that's it thank you yeah uh pete what what about you what did what did you think of the game i was Uh, curious about your thoughts because i know you you kind of can go either way with this so i i really love this game um i think it's uh i think chloe used the right word for it where i think it has a really good atmosphere it's very cozy um and i think that's what a good coffee shop feels like on a rainy day right it's like it's a nice warm inviting place it's like a quiet place to have a conversation um or read a book or whatever and and i think that's that's the environment that this game kind of gets like you're in this really like nice, like beautiful pixel art, you know, space, and you have this really, really chilled out, like lo-fi hip hop inspired soundtrack. There's this constant backdrop of just you know rain going, and um, I, you know, Chloe compared it to a movie. I kind of felt like it was, it felt like more like closing up with like a comic or like you know, um, or like a, I guess a, a, a good book. But obviously, there's the visual element, um, and I also did it with the autoplay where I was mostly just sitting and letting it kind of just go unless I was, you know, had to mix a drink or what have you. Um, and I, I was really impressed by the quality of the writing in general, because I think I am someone who really, really responds to a good story in a game, but I think the bar for a good story in a game is a lot lower than in other mediums because we're used to video game stories not being very good. So I think, there are plenty of times where you play a game and you're like, wow, like what a like what a great story or what a great, you know, story game. And if the same story like a, a game that I know um, I've talked about in the past, like something like Oxenfree, um, I think it's really great. But I think if you translated that story and it and um, and its dialogue to like, you know, the comic book format or something like that, I think it would probably lose a lot because a, a big part of it is the atmosphere and how it draws you in and makes you feel like you're a part of the world. And I feel like I didn't necessarily get that with Coffee Talk because I feel like you're, I felt so disconnected from the the player character. It felt more like I was just, like, reading a story or, like, watching a, you know, um, like a sitcom about a coffee shop, right? And there's, here are the regular players and I know who they are and I know who their relationships are and how they bounce off of each other. So I, I think it really deserves commendation for the quality of its writing and its characterization. And to a point that Chloe made earlier, I think um, how they all tie together because they are all very different stories, but the connection is that they're all people that frequent the shop, right? So they bump up against each other and it makes the world feel real and lived in. It makes that, that sub, uh, not suburb, but that like neighborhood in Seattle, you know, feel like, Oh, like this is a place this is what it feels like when you live in an area for a long time, right? You get to know who's around and you find the shops that you go to and you know you're a regular, you know other regulars. And um, that in general, I think, was just really what what got me on its side because I dug its style and its aesthetic from the beginning. But I think if it had had bland characters that felt like one note or that felt flat or that only showed up once or twice and you didn't really get to know them – I don't think it really would have stuck with me. And I think I probably would have lost interest in it. Yeah. I, I found it interesting how it had that like almost Facebook like um, feature. I know yeah. Steve uh, kind of delved into that a little bit yeah. where uh, you get to learn a lot more about the characters, which is great. But yeah, I mean, if, if this did not have good writing, it probably would have um, 
lost the interest of a lot of people, really. It would have been um, too gameplay light to have been worth it, I think. And I, right. I, com- I compared it on um, the show proper where – and if you're a new listener, if this is like the first thing you've ever heard, we do a weekly Nintendo podcast where we talk about news and what we're playing and stuff. Um, we we I had made the comparison of it to Valhalla, which is the bartending game, which is like a very, very similar thing where people come and you mix drinks and based on what drinks you get, you get different dialogue and whatever. And I didn't. I didn't vibe with it. I didn't get as into the art or the style of it, and I didn't feel like the characters were engaging to me. Whereas from the first day in Coffee Talk, I was like, "Oh, I I like these characters. Like, I'm interested mm-hmm. in in what's going on with with Freya, right? Like, I want to know where her career's going. I want to know yeah. how um, Lua and uh, what's his name Bailey's Bailey's. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. How Lua and Bailey's you know uh, conflict resolves like. Those were those were threads that were immediately interesting to me and immediately you know made me start thinking about the game when I wasn't playing it and wanting to get back to it and complete it. You know, I think mm-hmm. the interesting thing about the characters, though, like you mentioned, is that it's set in this fantasy Seattle where there's like elves, vampires, and werewolves, but none of that, like at the end of the day, none of that is really that interesting to the story. A lot of their problems are very like very real as well, and I was surprised that that was so compelling because. Like I said, you're in a fantasy Seattle, but it's actually just the sort of everyday problems were so interesting. I really appreciated how it used fantasy as a narrative device because, mm-hmm. uh, to your point, Chloe, right? It's not like, oh, like we're running into these problems because the world is magical or something, right? Like, I, you know, like the the way that it's played is always for just like – it's like addressing of the world, you know, like it adds a layer of interest and intrigue, but at the end of the day, like all of their core prop, like, um, Bailey's and Lua, right? Like the problem is that their families are, are racist and it doesn't matter that they're, yeah. you know, uh, elves and succubi, or if they're, you know, people who are of, humans of two different races, right? It's, that's a, that's a human problem. That's a problem that, you know, is, is a thing that you can immediately relate to from the real world. Whereas like <clears throat> Gala's story is definitely a little bit more rooted in the supernatural. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like the, the, the reason it's engaging is because you know him on a personal level and know how like, uh, calm and like kind and you know reserved he is so like seeing him in that state elicits an emotional reaction you know so like they they play it really well because it i don't think it dominates the story by any means but it allows it to be um you know like more interesting in certain ways that it wouldn't if it was just a normal coffee shop yeah i I, one of the things i said in my write-up actually is how the the fantasy is not really used to like subtly draw parallels and act as a metaphor it is just very real issues just like you said just under like a very like thin veil of fantasy that at the end of the day it's not that different from like i mean they talked about a lot of social issues and the way that's done in this fantasy world is not very far off how it works in real life either so it really like does make you reflect on a lot of things without it trying to make it so so metaphorical that you feel like separated from it Totally. And I, I also forgot to, to mention that we are also doing a write-up for, for each of us. Uh, that's going to go on the main site, loopots.com. So check that out. It's going to go alongside the uh, the podcast. I think those issues, though, are not, like, really heavy-handled. They could have been, like, say, for example, you look at Detroit Become Human. That's just such a easy, visible, obvious kind of take on race. And it's, it's it's not really handled very well. Whereas and it also I think, beats you over the fucking head with it. Yes. Whereas I think with with Coffee Talk is a lot more subtle and a lot more well handled and more thoughtful. Um, so I, I really liked that about, about it as well. Some of it actually was really subtle. A lot of the things were maybe only mentioned in either one line or like the headline at the newspaper that comes up at the start of the day. Like I remember there was one headline about... Um, the like underwater city was having like immigration problems and it was yeah. that's never really addressed in like the story itself but the like newspapers that flash up at the start of every night they're like very good for world building did you read many of the um articles in the the newspaper app on your phone yeah i read all of them 
Yeah, I didn't read any. No, I didn't read any either. Go If you go back and read through them, a lot of them do add to those stories that you'll see on the front page and you can like read into them a little bit more and that again adds to the world building. But some of them are also written by Freya, so it kind of reflects on her take on what happened the day before in the coffee shop, which was a real nice way to kind of perceive how her story's progressing and how she's like yeah. putting a twist on it rather than it just being this is a direct essentially like a correlation of what happened and this is what she's putting in a book she was always putting a spin on it and a different take and uh i i you brought up the um the the atlantis thing and i'm trying to remember the name of the character aqua? who was what was it aqua yeah aqua um and she actually was was an atlantean or, or a mermaid i forget what they called her but um yeah mermaid and and I think similar to what happened with her, the way that they used Gala and um, the vampire. So bad with Hide. Hide, thank you. I can't remember any of these names. I know. I'm like I'm like looking up a character list so that I can like not do this every time. Be like, Steve, what is their name? Um, <laughs> but uh, I I liked how through those devices like the newspaper you're able to like get backdrop on things that you kind of get glimpses of from them you know like through Clyde and Gala talking about like their relationship and like you learn a little bit about like the war and and all that kind of stuff but then you also see how like werewolves are still like treated as second class citizens in a lot of ways and they they have trouble getting access to like healthcare and and all these things that like don't really come up in the narrative directly, but brush up against the narrative in interesting ways. Um, and again, I think that really helps to make, you know, uh, like monster Seattle. I don't know like what, how we describe it, but coffee talks version of Seattle feel like a place that really has history. Yeah. I remember comparing this to uh, Bojack Horseman, which is one of my favorite shows on Netflix, where it's kind of like the same thing where you have humans um, coexisting with horses and cats, and, and but it but it works. Like you explain it to somebody, and you're and they're just like that sounds ridiculous. It's uh, the yeah, same but, exact thing. Yeah, it's definitely it's it. similar in that as long as it doesn't become a, like a huge feature of like the plot, it's just sort of used to like add to the story. It works really well in both Coffee Talk and Bojack Horseman because it's like. I don't know. If, I can't know what the right word is, but it's a bit of like a like a gag. But because they don't rely, they don't they don't over rely on it to tell a story. Exactly. Yeah, they they kind of come in and nobody's surprised that a vampire is coming into the coffee shop or a cat is coming into the coffee shop. Right. And it's just like, oh hey, what's up? How are you? What's your name? You know, type of thing. Yeah, I, I dig that about it because I think it, it's. I think BoJack Horseman is a good comparison because it's something that just adds layer. Like it adds yeah. a, a layer that gives you additional opportunities for unique storytelling or unique moments of comedy mm-hmm. um, that just wouldn't be possible otherwise. Like the first time that um, – and I have the, the list now, so I don't have to ask you what her name is. <laughs> spend just as much time to do so. Myrtle? Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Uh, yes. Rachel, the, the shapeshifter, um, when she comes in as a cat and then turns into a – a girl like everyone's like oh fuck like and like those are those are like fun little beats that like give you Mm -hmm. that flavor of the world but it's like it's not like all right so let's sit down and give you a 30 minute explanation of what kind of monster i am and how that works and what that means and what our society is like it's just like but if you want that you can go and you can look on the the i think it's called tomodachi or something and you can go on the app and you can read more into it and you see like a picture of how they present themselves to the world and like uh aqua had like the picture of her giving a talk at um, at the university and in her profile she seems really confident and it just goes to show that people aren't always as they present themselves online because in real life she's so shy and she's so nervous and so awkward and like in total awe of Myrtle and the fact that Myrtle's working on the big game that she's like really into but it was the fact that Myrtle needed to use her research and her like work in order to progress that game that they're working on and it was just like, oh shit, you know, my work's actually being used by the big game studio. And then it's like a friendship that you kind of didn't really see happening sort of comes to fruition throughout the course of the, I think it's really just a couple of weeks that you kind of see a little snapshot into this these people's lives. I have two things to say about that. First of all, 
Myrtle is awesome. Her energy Myrtle's was so, agree. so hilarious. Like, the first time she comes in and no one says a fucking thing to her. <laughs> and I was just like, is she like, like, is she a character or is she just here? Like, what's going on with that? Um, and I loved getting to know her more and more over time. I feel like she's the character that, like, starts off the most re- reserved, you know? Um, but, so, did you guys read their relationship as, as being romantic? I did at the end, but I, yeah. do you know, I really wish the game had just committed to that and just went, do you know what, sod it, we're going to make it as like a same-sex relationship and, and just commit to it. Because they sort of pussyfooted around that and never really like hammered in that this was what it was. Um, I think that's why I, I like ultimately took it as it wasn't. And like all the way through the story, I was like, yes, I think this is where it's heading. And then maybe that says more about like, how, like you were saying, they didn't really address it properly, but I ultimately took that as me misinterpreting it all the way through until they, like... But if we all misinterpreted it, like, all four of us misinterpreted it as they're romantically together, then that's a problem with the writing. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree. I was just thinking that, because we hadn't talked about it before, I took that as, oh, I got it wrong. Do you think we did misinterpret it, though? Or do you, like... Because that's, that's, I guess, my question, is, like, do you think that that is subtextual things that we were picking up on or do you think it's actually not supposed it's supposed to be aromantic i think and- it's meant to be a professional relationship and at the end of the game it's a slight spoiler but you see that metal's now i think working with aqua on the indie game like she's yeah. left the big game studio and they're working together but just in a professional capacity not in a like relationship see i don't know like i still took it that way and like and i, I think to your point Right, the fact that we have that it's up for debate means that it's not clear, um, and I think that uh, there's no shortage of examples of of writers um, who are guilty of that, right? Of like being like, oh, like X character is queer, but like not actually putting that in the text and like acting like that. It's like, oh, cool representation, right? <laughs> no, um, because it's funny. Like I, I only read it as romantic. Like I, I. I had um, – when they first met, I didn't. Like, the very first interaction, it wasn't necessarily, like – I wasn't like, oh, they're going to fall in love. But, like, I remember feeling within, like, the first conver- – like, when they had exchanged contact information and, like, how, like, you know, nervous Aqua was about it and everything. Like, I read those feelings as being, you know, um, her being interested. There was that little bit that really – hammered it for me which was that bit where aqua's like myrtle says oh i'll walk with you and aqua says what to my house and myrtle says no 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 to the bus stop so it was like yeah like that to me was like oh shit aqua wants her to to come over and, come over, and spend right? the night kind of thing but because obviously this coffee shop's only open at night which is something really we haven't really like spoken about that this is another part of the weird alien world that this is the coffee shop is only open at night and and um, Fred comes in for a double espresso, triple espresso at like midnight for some reason. It's like, what the hell's wrong? She's got to write her novel, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a profitable shop. They they make that pretty clear that the the barista is just doing it for fun. Really. Yeah, he's like, yeah, ah, I got that, it. It's yeah. fine. I got money. Yeah, he's like, it's fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> to be that wealthy, right? Can you imagine being so rich that you just run a coffee shop for for kicks? <laughs> <laughs> just really enjoy serving people a hot beverage <laughs> every night, you know? Uh, so this is, this, is, this is something just for my own benefit. I need to know everybody's favorite characters and why. So Pete and Steve, can you, can you give me that satisfaction? Who are your favorite characters? Mine, mine was Aqua and Myrtle because of that relationship between the two and seeing that blossom. Like, you really did see that. The two characters that annoyed me the, the most were uh so as the inverse of your question were bailey's and um is it lua lua. I, lua yeah i hated that story arc it really really? really just it grated on me so much and it's probably the context of it like it just fucks me off that anyone would just mm-hmm. like put their family before like what they want to do in life and the relationship that, that's that they so want common, to be right? they've been together for 10 years like jesus mm-hmm. just like move in and just progress with your life <laughs> wasn't the reservation more on lua's side though like she didn't yeah, want him. he was he was willing to leave his family but she yeah. didn't want him to 
that was why I liked it. Like I felt like it, it felt nuanced because like mm. I I totally get I get where you're coming from, Steve. Uh, because like I I gen generally feel that way, you know. Like, but I'm also lucky that we're like I'm like I'm close and my dad is supportive, you know. So right. like I I think it's really easy for me to be like yeah like no right off your family, but like especially if you like and I think the implication there was that like succubus culture is very family oriented and, like, i totally I have... get it i totally get the, the story but I, I can't remember who it was i think it was hyde who was there and was in a really bad mood and was basically yeah. like laying into lua and was like just like if he says he wants to leave his family let him leave his family it's not up to you it's like he's not <laughs> yeah. your choice i was a hundred percent with with hyde on that oh he was, was right he was totally 100% right. Right. right it was just like and it took for baileys to come back and say I'm leaving the family because I want to leave the family. I'm not leaving the family for you. It's like, I don't want to have any part of that. They're snobby. They're like, think they're better than everyone else. And I didn't quite understand the whole, if I leave the family, I don't get to be a mortal thing. I'm not really sure how that worked. It wasn't ever really addressed, but that might be a thing that's just in like fantasy literature everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Or a hopeful sequel. That's a thing in Lord of the Rings, actually. Okay. Um, I forget, I forget her name. It's been a while, but, um, the, the elf princess who Liv Tyler played in the films, like that was a thing where like she was in love with Aragorn and she wanted to go be with him, but that would have meant giving up her immortality and she would have had to live as a human and die. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just like a fantasy trope, I guess. Yeah. That, that was one of my favorite arcs, but I, I do love the way that they like when two characters or whatever were arguing how it was just like this. Um, it almost reminded me yeah it reminded me of street fighter where it's yeah. like yeah. this person versus this person and I, it's like they're going at it i really liked uh specifically in the one with lewin clyde where like freya's in the middle of them and her eyes are just bugged out and she's just like oh fuck like this yeah. is not cool <laughs> it was really good the animation in the, in the game is is really good and i think in general the character mm-hmm. designs were really solid um like, I, I, I do me... wish they had some more facial expressions. So, like, Freya used yeah. that, like, shocked face yeah. a lot for pretty much everything. It was like someone would walk in the shop and she'd be like, oh, my God. It's like, literally, you saw her yesterday. Yeah, it's no, no See, real I surprise. Thought that, like, that... The subtle animations actually worked really well in making them, like, for me, I felt they all were really, like, expressive somehow, which doesn't very happen in, like, that art style. But, like, it was things when... Every time, like, Freya started thinking about her book, she would, like, the, the way her head would, like, bow, or I think it's Georgie or Joji, his, like, shoulders would, like, jump up and down every time he was trying to, like, suppress a laugh. And yeah. I thought, like, they were such small animations, but they added so much to, like, the characters. Yeah. I, I really, really was a fan of the art style. Like, more animations are always good, but I'm, I'm with Chloe where I, I thought it was effective. Yeah, um, that, this was one thing Pokemon like people get on Pokemon about, where it was like when they had that sprite art style. Oh, we need more animations. We need more character animations. Like th- that was a big part of why people didn't like Pokemon. And I it seems like Coffee Talk did it. Well, now too, it's always been something they've been behind on, right? I think it's way more egregious now in 3D. Yeah. It's like, so there's 10 character models in the whole world and they all <laughs> have one expression. Cool. But it, it seems like Coffee Talk got it right where we're like the biggest franchise arguably in the world. I think they might actually be the biggest franchise in the world. Can't even get that right. I mean, come on. This is an yeah. indie game. Yeah, well, that's what happens but when whatever. you, uh, you know, put love and care into something, right? Like a, like a nice cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> so when you ask me the question of who my favorite character is, it's really hard to answer. Um, because I think the easiest answer is, uh, is Freya because she's the character you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the three major arcs that you see play out like, over, cause there's like my, more minor characters like, um, Jory was the name of the cop, right? George. Yeah. George. Yep. Or yeah. Um, and then uh, Neil, like, I, he was really funny, but, like, those those story arcs feel, like, way smaller and, like, kind of more on the margins. Um, yeah. There's whereas, definitely, like, like a lot more true. shallow as well, which, like, a lot of them added some, like, comedic value, but, like, I didn't... Yeah. I appreciated that they were there, but, like you said, definitely not a favorite. Yeah, like, they break things up well, and I, I, I appreciate that not every story is treated with the same weight because I think it lets the ones that are heavier be heavier. Um, 
but like I I really really loved Gala and Clyde. I liked I really liked their friendship and their dynamic. I I really did also love the the Lua and Bailey's uh, storyline, and I really liked Myrtle and Aqua. You know, and like I think all oh, and then um Rachel and her father too. Like that whole thing. Like I think all of those storylines were really really well done. And I think of when I think of my favorite moments of the game, each of those storylines has one of them. You know. Um, the, so it's, the, it's really tough to say who I like the best. The thing with um, Rachel and her father for me was like, I think it goes to show the cultural difference between the US and the rest of the world though. Like Freya was there like, you're not an adult, you're not an adult because you're not 21. And like she couldn't go to the bar and she couldn't go to the, the party because she wasn't 21. Whereas here, that wouldn't be an issue. Like she's 18, she can do whatever the hell she wants. She can go to the party and ultimately the party she shouldn't have gone to because it turned out to be a bit of a mess but um i i I liked that arc as well um but i i did kind of find that her dad was a little bit overimposing i felt that maybe he should have been a little bit more like open to letting her make her own mistakes and just kind of live. i I feel like it was because he went through a lot of the same type of issues when he was younger yeah i think I, and I, a couple that with um with uh his wife passing away as right, well. Right, sure, which is obviously going to be an influence on being overprotective of your only child. Um yeah, I I I got to disagree there cuz like I think the she, she, she just making... wanted space though. Like she wanted space. She went to the coffee shop to get space and he chased after her. She goes yeah. to she goes to uh, Couchella and she's on stage and he has to come backstage and make a scene and embarrass her. It's Fair like play. just just leave her, let her have some space. If she's gonna make a mistake, she's gonna make a mistake, but just be there for her and support her. The whole thing with the manager, I, I totally agree with you. He's a yeah. he's a scumbag and a sleaze ball and he's clearly just like after her nice 18 year old girl to do whatever with and i think that's where again where that's where that storyline like redeems itself for me is because like i don't think it's as simple as like uh, a, a parent being overbearing and like not letting a, a child like like if she was just like a college student or something right like i would be more with you but the idea that she's like a you know a a, a celebrity at 18 years old like I think cultural differences aside, like, I I don't think that you're, like, an adult capable of making adult decisions necessarily when you're 18 years old, whether, like, regardless of where you're at, right? Like, alcohol, whatever aside, like, you, it, it, like, it takes experience, I think, a certain amount of experience and real world experience to be able to, like, assess situations like yeah. that properly. And I think when you're that age, especially, you know, like, and I remember feeling this way, being like, well, I'm an adult now. Like, I can do what I want. And, like, I know what I'm doing. I know what's right for me because it's my thing, right? And it's, like, the idea of a child um, rejecting their parent, not realizing that their fear and their, you know, overbearingness is coming from a place of experience and not wanting them to make those same mistakes, I think is, like, just such a common, like, human thing to do, right? Especially the idea of, like, a parent who doesn't know how to properly express their love yeah um, and, you know I, so it I'm, comes out in a way that's you know negative I, I i get that but it wasn't just her dad as well that was saying it like i cannot imagine Freya reinforcing that, i sure. really cannot imagine how annoying it would be going into a coffee shop for the first time and having some stranger chime in and calling me a child i would just be like you know what piss off like uh, oh yeah i can do what i want you know like, <laughs> did that I'm, happen I'm, to you when you were that age though because like i remember having conversations oh, absolutely like that, you know it's a part yeah. of growing up, really, and like couple that with a very manipulative manager who is promising you fame and fortune, and you know you're just you don't want to see somebody, regardless of how old they are, getting taken advantage of and manipulated like that. It's a bad road, right? Like you, like an eighteen year old, like at that time, like you're so impressionable, and it's such a, like if she were to go to that party and get arrested, right? Like that that could alter the course of her, mm-hmm. of her like career. Right. Or like, you know, if she were to go and like start taking drugs or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like, you know, I, I don't know, like I, I get where you're coming from, but it didn't yeah. bother me just because like, it made me more think of being a dumbass kid 
and doing dumbass kid things, you know, or thinking about like my cousin's son who's that age and like questions he's asked me about dumbass things that he was thinking <laughs> of doing. And like, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It rung true to me, I guess. That's fair enough. And your point on Freya, like, I kind of discounted her as a character that I could even mark as a favourite. She seemed to mainly be there to voice what the player was thinking to me. It was like, as soon as I was thinking something, those words are coming out of her head, like, oh, what's she doing here? She's clearly like a kid. And then it would be like, what are you doing here? You're like a kid, like, that kind of thing. And it's like, that's, that's, I think, what mainly her purpose was in the game. But then she also did have that whole aspect of she could sit there and be with you as the barista and then break down what just happened afterwards, either in her story that she would write on her phone and you could read on the phone the next day, or she would like literally talk to you and go, wow, that was intense. Like, and then, and then you as the barista would probably be like, oh yeah, I'm going to shut up shop. Do you want to go sit in the corner and just chill out for a little bit? And it was just a kind of a nice way to break down the day. Yeah. I definitely think that was, sorry. I definitely think that was Freya's role. They were like, there was a part along the way where because she was like the writer, there were game developers. I ultimately thought Freya's big project was going to be this story driven game about a coffee shop. And I thought it was going to be like, we're playing the game. So I completely agree that that was like, what, like, that's how I interpreted Freya's role is that she's there to like build the story and move it along. Yeah. I, I feel like she's really more the player character than, but than the barista. The barista yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like the barista feels more like, it's like a means to an end. Yeah. You know? That actually plays uh, a good segue into uh, some of our questions. So if you want to ask us some questions, feel free in the plugs. Discord, Twitter, wherever you want, send them in. We'll, we'll figure out a way to get them in the show. So Asobi wrote in and actually said, similar to what you were saying, Pete, while I really enjoyed the game and most of its character stories, I'm a bit disappointed that you couldn't choose how the coffee shop owner answers in most situations. It doesn't have to be super deep or ending changing. I just love to change up the personality of the owner a bit in some conversations. So I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So I'm of two minds there. In general, I, I agree with that statement where I, I really like narrative-driven games, um, but I think a lot of times... Um, the thing that makes that feel the most engaging to me is having choice and having and making it feel like my choices matter and that they really impact the other characters and the way that they see the world and what have you. And I, I hesitate to say that that would be a good thing in this game, though, because I think to the point that Chloe and I were making earlier, I think what's really great about Coffee Talk is that it has a story to tell you and it kind of just commits to that. But I also know that I went out of my way to, uh, like, look up recipes when I couldn't get them right because I wanted to max out everyone's relationship and I wanted to get the best results and the best endings. So I imagine that if I had not done that, I would have gotten less satisfying versions of the stories anyway. So they already kind of have mechanics that are impacting the way that the story is told to you on some level. So the idea of, like, adding another layer to that doesn't necessarily mean it'll mess things up but it would add a lot more branches and potentially you know like really balloon the the effort but it sounds like you guys are more just wanting like differences in flavor text like being able to feel like you're crafting your personality more yes exactly like even even if it was a little bit more customization in and of itself you know just kind of like who am i who am i yeah because i remember like steve said i think when you were streaming it that you just felt a bit weird that you were just sat there listening into these conversations really and not odd. really adding anything to it. And I get like, it's a story driven game. Like we're not meant to be having branching storylines, but it, the way it's framed does feel a bit odd sometimes. Yeah. I, like I can't, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess like I've been a regular at a bar before. So like, I get that on some level of being in this, the scenario where like, you know, the bartender and you're friendly with them and, like, you and a friend are at the bar having a conversation, and the bartender's there doing whatever. You're not really talking to them. Maybe they chime in here. Like, it didn't feel so weird that I couldn't suspend my disbelief, but it is kind of weird, like, when, like, Gala and Hyde are having, like, a very personal conversation or something, and you're just kind of, like, just sitting there and cleaning the glass, like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> do you guys need me? Need anything? It's a little strange. But they do specifically make a point of it as well. I think, like, um, 
I think as Aqua apologizes to uh, the the barista and says, oh, I'm sorry you had to like witness that. And then the barista's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I wasn't really listening anyway. Or something like that at some point in the game. Yeah, something like that. He's like, oh. so what, what were you doing then? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, what, you didn't serve him one of your other like zero customers? <laughs> he's he's cleaning dishes? cups. Yeah, cleaning cups. <laughs> I mean, but you don't, you don't see it. I, um, the, to me, like, I haven't really touched on it, but to me, I don't think there was enough gameplay for me. Um, the coffee stuff was fine, um, and it was nice, like, remembering what people have and trying to experiment with drinks and stuff. I did find it a little bit confusing, the, like, hot, like, the hot and cold thing. Like, it was either cool or hot, but that wasn't the actual temperature, and it took me a good, like, couple of hours to figure out that that means, like, it's spicy or it's, like, minty, rather than, like, Ah, temperature-wise. Temperature-wise, and I was like, oh, that's weird. And latte art was just broken for me. I'm I surprised we didn't we didn't touch on that. Oh my God. <laughs> that was, I genuinely could so do funny. nothing. Every single time I just like every time I remembered to do it, I just drew a bad smiley face or a heart. It was terrible. That was, was like, terrible. All I, all I could muster. Yeah. Bailey's told me he's like, you call that latte art? This is trash. <laughs> wow, rude. But yeah, I definitely agree on like you. You say you wish there was more gameplay, but the way like I saw it is that like. Because the stories were so strong, and in my opinion, the coffee gameplay was so weak. I would have rather they just committed to just all story. And I know you sort of like it's a game; you need to have some degree of like interactivity with it. But the coffee making was just not compelling to me at all. No, but there was some specific points in the game where I thought they could have done a lot more, like when um, Gala came in and he was in his werewolf form. Like, I thought, oh, we're going to have, like, a little mini-game style thing here where we're going to have to do something to kind of calm him down and get like something going. a timer going. or something. Yeah, or a timer yeah. or something. And, like, we're going to have to make, like, five different drinks until the one that kicks in and calms him down and gets him back to his normal state. But none of that happened. Like, for me, um, another visual novel that me and Pete have played, Dream Daddy does that really well. There are, like, specific points in the game where you go off and you do those mini-games. Usually when you're, like, bragging about your daughter or something and you're, like, you know, fighting off with another dad. Every date has a unique mini-game. Okay, that's really interesting, actually. Yeah, I, like, this is the first kind of game of this genre I've played, so I don't have any comparisons, but... You guys should play Dream Daddy. It's really good. <laughs> really good, yeah. Dream Daddy. That, that song is so good. <laughs> it is fire. Such a bop. It, it is I'm, a bop. It slaps so hard. That Future Game Club. Say yeah, I'm in. Right 100%. Now. I would play uh, that again. Shout out to Game Grumps. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm torn. I think, I think I mostly agree with Chloe where I think I would almost rather them not have that and just have branching dialogue options. Um, cause it would achieve the same end, Yes, but I don't know in the same breath. I, I think that there are things about it that are cool, but I don't, I feel like the idea is not developed enough for it to like be compelling in a gameplay sense. Cause I think the, the risk reward is too high. Cause if you fuck up. And, like, that makes a character not as warm to you and you get worse dialogue options. That doesn't that doesn't feel good. Yeah, but like Gala that... didn't come back in after that. That was the last time you saw him. That was your last interaction with him. And then after that, you just got the little snapshot at the end of no, him that's being not, back to normal. That's, that no, didn't hi, happen hi, to me. That's what happened for me. Like, he, he, I'm sure that he just he never came back. I think I'm he came back for me, too, and he kind of, like, apologized and was like, hey, yeah. like, no, sorry. No, he definitely did. He came back and apologized to me and Freya. No, I never had that apology. So you didn't that's what I'm talking about. You didn't you must not have maxed Well, you might not you must not have maxed out your relationship with him. And mm-hmm. that to me that's not good cuz the best thing about the game is the writing and and the characters and like obviously I think a lot of games that have like social elements like I'm playing Persona right now, right? And like there are certain uh gameplay elements or story beats that only advance if you maximize your relationship with a character mm-hmm. and great um i would rather that be based on knowing their personality and their story rather than was i able to like figure out what ingredients i needed yeah. to put together to make this coffee uh, the right way that did annoy me because i not once managed to make him a drink he liked not well once. i just i just cheated like i, looked, yeah, I didn't I looked want up to the cheat answers. 
because I wanted, I wanted to see the story. Like I was streaming when I did it, and I didn't want to be like, oh, hold on a second, I'm just gonna go cheat and look it yeah. up. And Tyler was watching once, and they'd give me the ingredients for one of the drinks because was, I was really struggling. It was really Shout really to frustrate Tyler. the hell at me, and and so I, I did it. But it wasn't until I stopped streaming and started playing handheld that I realized how that game for me is really meant to be played. It's meant to be like, but it was raining the other day. It was like hailing. And so I was like on the sofa, I had my blanket on. I was like led down, just playing coffee talk. The whole thing can be played touchscreen. So I just took the Joy-Cons off and I just had the like switch in like tablet mode and you can just play the whole thing as touchscreen. So I was just like tapping away at the screen, had like auto on for a while. So it was like reading through. And the latte actually is easier when you're like touching on the screen. Oh yeah, yeah. a still million t- times easier. <laughs> still terrible. I still couldn't make anything look half decent. Like I've seen the video in the trailer of them making the latte and they made like, this like perfect rosette. I'm like, no way is that possible. <laughs> I just genuinely have no idea how they did that. I mean, if you're like a really good artist, maybe, but like, I can't. I don't think a really good artist could do anything with those tools, honestly. Like, I feel like that's my my biggest issue with the game is genuinely that that the latte art. Like, it was just. It's like, why does it even exist? I don't think I was more annoyed at my inability to do anything with it, but still. Yeah. Well, it it played a role in you know at least Bailey's um, where you know that's I I think that's your first like. Hey, I want this. Make this for me with latte. Yeah, yeah it is. like you could do it before, but this was the first time where it kind of someone requested. Made it was the only your... time someone requested mm-hmm. it from from yeah. me. It was I want yeah, some latte, same. and I, it, it clearly is just so the game like instruction shows, you, how it shows works. you it's here if you want to. But yeah, yeah it was it wasn't great. But uh, it, the only reason I think that like if you were someone who really had chops, you could figure it out. Is like I think of all the amazing stuff people did with the remember the Splatoon. Like oh, art, yeah, yeah. And it's just like you have one color and <laughs> and and this like pixelated ass like oh my god, you know, uh, space that you could use, and people made masterpieces with that. Could you so but, sure could you not use the touchscreen with that in Splatoon? Was it all like with the analog? No, you you, you could, could, but it was with the stylus, and it was like very chunky, and like it wasn't it was like you know, pixel it's not by like pixel. Fine, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not like using like a nice, yeah. you know. E pen on an iPad or something like that. Right. So, so, you guys ready for some questions? I am. Okay. So again, this is all from Asobi. Uh, feel free to write in if uh, if you want your Asobi. yeah if you want your uh, questions read on the air. Um, number one, did you replay the days that Neil told you at the ending to get the true ending? I did not. But I, I did will. not either. I did not I didn't realize that that was a thing. Yes. I didn't. I didn't think of that. Like. Because I thought I got the true ending because I'm like, I maxed out everyone's relationship. I got, I know what's happening. I got the twist. Mm -hmm. He kind of tells you to go back and play certain days, I think. Yeah, there was like, so when you get like revealed to be like half alien, it's like, um, it tells you to go back to like, oh, if you go back to this point at this point at this point, I think it was one of them for me was like making Freya's drink. I don't know if they're the same for everyone or if it is. I think they are the same for everyone. This is a, and I guess his second question is, what did you think of the reveal of the owner's identity? I, I guess maybe is that in the true ending? Because I don't remember that happening. It's not oh. in the true ending. The, the reveal that's... is like Neil, sa- Neil says to you, like um, he comes back as like a doctor rather than an, a spaceman or he did for me. Yeah, anyway. yeah. and he looks like really he... like, you know. A person. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like alluded to that you're an alien as well, like you're one of his, because like he says, "Oh, you're really good at this" or something, or like, "Yeah, how do you how do you do it? How do you hide it or something?" And then the barista's like, "Oh, good practice, like being around here with with, with everyone around, and you kind of pick things up or something." Yeah. Oh, so that's all so, it was. Okay. So yeah. that I got that. If that's the true ending, then I got. Yeah, that that's ending. the that's the normal ending. But there's a video of it on on YouTube. I'm I'm kind of like half watching it at the moment, but it's just like I think Neil just comes back and tells you different stuff. But that's what he does anyway. But he doesn't tell you to like go back and and oh, go to different days. And no, like he just comes back and it's just like a different story bit. I think maybe he tells you that he managed to complete his mission or something. Oh, interesting. Okay, Neil okay. was probably my favorite character because he was really, just, yeah. I mean, he, he was. I don't relate to Neil in any way, so <laughs> don't get that twisted. But he's just funny. He's just freaking funny. He's like drinking with his finger, and he's like, "Yeah, this is great." I don't know. His his first appearance, I think, is one of the best moments of the game. Yeah, like when it's just you and him talking, and mm-hmm. you're just like, "What the?" Fuck? And then and then he works for you. 
And it's just like that super awkward. So <laughs> oh yeah, that bit's so cool. That yeah. day is so funny. It's so good because like every character walks in, they're just like, um, and you're what? like, he's not touching the coffee, and they're like, okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like his whole uh the whole interaction he has with uh with um Myrtle where she's like explaining how dating works to him is also one of my favorite beats. Like, <laughs> she's like, Is this is this guy for real? And he's like, I think so. I don't know. Like all he's trying to do is just like reproduce. It's just really bizarre. I, I will say I think the, the reveal of the barista being an alien or whatever was very much like I was like, okay, whatever. That's a weird twist. I didn't need that. Like it didn't bother me or anything. Mm -hmm. But I did think it was funny because it very much contextualized a lot of your behavior. Because yeah. I remember thinking that the barista was like – it was super weird that you basically have no reaction to the fact that an alien – like you're like, oh, so you're an alien. Okay. You, you want a coffee or like <laughs> – Well, but, <laughs> but like, I didn't think it. that was weird. Like I didn't think that was strange because – we had like orcs and mermaids and everything else coming in. Why is an alien so out? Yeah, of the, but out like, of the yeah, picture? like the extent of their like space exploration in this alternate Seattle was never really explored. So I didn't really think anything of it either. But I also think the reveal didn't add anything. Like I found myself asking like very early on in the game, I was like, like we were talking about, like, why am I opening? Like, why do I do this coffee shop? How do I afford it? What do I do in the day? And this alien reveal didn't really address any of that at all. Like it answers it, but not really. It's like, so where's like, I, like, where's your money? Like, I need the from? logistics. Like, this work? like, I don't know. I it's, think the it game is, it, lends itself to a sequel pretty well. I think it, I think it does too. I can't think. Yeah. I'm trying to think. There's a like a thing at the end that says you've reached the ending, but you haven't seen it all. Is that? Do you think alluding the, to the redoing the days? Yes, that's you yeah. go back, you do the days, and um, then you'll get the true ending if you redo those days. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they did manage a sequel. Like, I think you could easily introduce, like, a new cast of characters and just do the same thing. Well, I think the... I haven't read them myself, but from what I've seen, I think the developer does, like, webcomics still based on the characters in the game. So they're yes. definitely... <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah, so I haven't yeah, read uh, any Toad of them, so I can't... Yeah, I can't, like, so speak to their, like, quality, but they're still clearly, like, continuing mm -hmm. on the stories of these characters. In a different format, but definitely shows that then, like, they, yeah. the stories don't end where we finish the game. That that's good because I did kind of have I I felt like I had mixed feelings about that ending where they show you the like little sepia tone snapshots as to what happened next with all these characters because some of them it felt a little bit rushed to me that they never came back to the store they never wrapped up the story. You know, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more about some of those um, arcs. But they did kind of tie up the loose ends with that like montage at the end. Um, yeah, like it's it's weird because I think like I like I agree with you in terms of it doesn't feel like every story gets an equal amount of like resolution. Um, just because like Freya goes away. Right? Because it's like, I gotta go finish the novel. And then it's like a few weeks later. And like, it's kind of like, oh, how's everyone been doing? I haven't been in the shop. And like, you don't get a super amount of resolution for every story because like, it's not, they're not over. Like, they're not ending. You know, like a lot of the, like, you know, a lot of the meat of what's gonna happen for those characters has kind of yet to come. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's a small resolution in terms of like what we saw, right? Like, Obviously, by the end of the story, Rachel and her father's relationship is better. Freya and um, – or not Freya, excuse me. Um, Aqua and Myrtle, like, are – like, have made career changes and, like, have grown closer together and, like, have, you know, p potentially this burgeoning romance. And, uh, like, you see how all the character stories move forward, but at the end of the day, like, you know, Lua and Bailey's had one – one day where they went and spent time with Lewis family, right? Like, it's just starting. So you can't really, like, tie them off in these neat bows. No, but at the end, it, like, like it, it talks, essentially alludes to Lua and Bailey's getting married. Like, they came in, they came into the store and they were talking about dates and stuff. Well, why didn't we get to right. see them coming into the store and talking about dates and stuff? Like, it, Well, then the game would be a lot longer. Yeah, I, I know, but I could, <laughs> I think you could have done it with just, like, two or three more days, and you wouldn't have needed those, like, snapshots at the end. It would have tied everything up. It would have been um, nicely done. But then I also agree with you that that then isn't realistic, because it's like you've had this little snapshot into their lives for two weeks. 
Freya went away for 10 days. And I think, again, that adds to the fact that Freya essentially is the player. Because when she's not there... When you she's gone, there's nothing. You don't, you don't get to see anything. Like, she's gone, she's writing her story. Are there, ever any, are there ever any days where she's not in the coffee shop? Yeah, there's one. Yeah, literally one. And and the and the barista says, "Oh, you weren't here yesterday. Were you busy?" And, and I think it's when she's off and she's been talking to her writer friends, and like the barista says, "Oh, she's going to see her writer friends, which means she's going to get a feedback on her stories rather than just hanging out with friends." Yeah, you're talking to Clyde, right? Yes, I think or no or Gala. I think maybe it might be both of them that day. That might yeah. be they they are the two that come in. I think that day, and you don't. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. There are a few days where she comes in late. Yeah, but, she comes um, in late, and like the the one that really stands out is when she looks like absolute shit, <laughs> and like she's just like, "Give me espresso now." Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I did you guys do the thing where you give her the wrong drink? No, I gave her espresso because <laughs> she I was needed like, espresso. Hank. I was not going to keep yeah, that. I don't, don't want to cross her. Are you kidding me? No, you guys. No, you fucked up. No, I see that was the thing. I gave her the wrong drink on purpose because that was like before that. Uh, you're the barista has a conversation with someone where it's like sometimes you need to give them what they need, not what they ask for. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so I gave her something that made her go to, that made her fall asleep, and she comes in the next day and she's like, thank you, like I haven't slept in like two weeks, and I got a solid ten hours of sleep, and now I'm thinking more clearly, <laughs> and I finished my draft ahead. Okay, of time. yeah, never had that. How did the? Uh, I'm wondering if the ending with her book is different than how was her book perceived when it got published pretty well mm-hmm. i didn't think it was okay, that mine, well on mine no mine was perceived badly she did signings that no one showed up to it didn't sell very well and she's gone back to ryan at the newspaper wow yeah you fucked her over oh yeah no that was yeah <laughs> i got exactly the same it did pretty well so i for screwed me. i screwed her up by by giving a triple espresso then when i should have given her like, doubt yeah, that's the only she, like legitimately like yeah that was my thing like after she sleeps she finishes the draft early and yeah. is like i feel really confident in it and then it did well so that just goes to show you how many different like branches this game can go permeations so, yeah. yeah i highly, really like underestimated how many there were yeah for like yeah, a three to five hour game she she like specifically comes in and says to like you oh i finished the draft i'm 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 happy with it but then she like presents it back to her work her publisher who approves it but then she says yeah they approved it but they didn't really like it and i'm like oh why did they approve it then (laughs) she's like it doesn't matter i've got another year to finish it i do want to leave us on uh soby's last question just because i think that um it's really relatable for us personally um as a writer and content creator yourself did you see yourself in freya a lot um if so what parts about her struggles slash personality (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> I did see a lot writer's of block. Um, yeah, staying up late to get something done. You know, it's all it's all kind of there. And I think that this game is especially enjoyed by people who can relate to Freya, just because of how much of a main player she is. Um, and yeah. even coffee lovers like you know me and Steve. I know. <laughs> um, but she does so she, She's not the only one I relate to, and I don't think if you if you don't relate to like being a writer, I think you can still enjoy the game. Like I also oh, really related to myrtle and like the whole i've been crunching i haven't had a holiday i haven't had a break in like god knows how long i think there's probably so many people who are like that who have just been like drowning in work haven't had a break haven't had time off and especially game development yeah and like but also it kind of makes us me feel of us a little bit who i think probably all of us would love to be able to just quit our jobs and do this like full time and that's what myrtle is able to do by the end of the game like she quits the job she's not happy in where she's like drained all all the time and she goes and works with her friend or her partner or whoever it is on indie games on what she actually wants to do with her life and i feel like aqua it was kind of similar like aqua kind of reminded me of the conversations you and i have had steve where you're like well i love my job actually but like it's not like it's not necessarily like um as creatively fulfilling as like as what we do is right and like i feel like her being someone who was, like, very successful and, like, nearing the top of her field who, like, leaves it behind to, like, pursue her passion mm-hmm. was also something that I thought was, like, very, very inspiring. Um, but in terms of Freya and, like, relating to her, for sure, yeah, the whole writer's block thing. Um, but I think also more I really related to the fact that she was a journalist because um, on her social media page like i remember she said i worked as i'm working as a journalist because it's the best way to learn how to be a better writer Mm -hmm. um and kind of her pursuit of of a good story 
was something that like I definitely could connect with. Um, and I think like her her kind of sense of like imposter syndrome that she kind of deals with a little bit. Um, I think yeah, she definitely embodied a lot of the creative process, you know, that I think a lot of people go through, um, where you have that struggle of wanting to make something or having an opportunity to make something and not knowing what it is, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing what what you want to do, um, but just knowing that you want to do it and. Like, seeing her go through that and overcome it was something that was, like, really, really cool to see, I think. Um, and in general, I think the way that she interacts with people and deals with conflict is something that I related to a lot because she's very, like, sarcastic and, you know, but I don't think, like, in a mean way. Uh, and she definitely inserts herself in other people's problems, which is something that I am definitely guilty <laughs> That's of. That's how I, like, I felt I related to Hyde the most, especially in that time where it's, I think it's he sits down with Lua and just tells her how it is. And, like, that's how I approach things too, and it definitely comes across as, like, harsh sometimes, but sometimes, like, things just need to be said. <laughs> Not to strangers, I don't think. Not all no, the time no. to strangers. Someone you've, like, no. just met. There's absolutely zero, <laughs> zero unless way I would ever do what Hyde said. No, unless they ask, and then it's like, That's wow, totally like, be fair, open. she did ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a fine line. I, I do agree with you, Steve. I think that um, it's not just if you relate to, to Freya, then this game is for you. Just because there's so many different pillars that, you know, we all mentioned, whether it's, you know, parents disapproving of a certain relationship or, um, you know, a journalist, a game developer, you name it. There's just a bunch of relatable stuff in this game. I highly recommend it. Um, I think you all probably do as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, <clears throat> before we sat down for this, I was just, like trying to take a look at what the critical reception was, and it like seems like it leveled out somewhere in like the you know high seventies, low eighties. Um, and I just ah, that feels low. I think the me. game really, really flew under the radar though. Like I didn't. I remember seeing a lot of interest in it before it launched, yeah, and then. Yes didn't really like outside of like our circle i never saw it discussed anywhere else so i i think it really just like i said just flew under the radar for a lot of people i think i think it did too yeah for, for me though Pete, that's probably where i would place it around about an, a seven or an eight out of ten it's I'd, not i'd give it an i'd give it a low eight yeah so that, to me that's around about the mark like it's it's a great story. There's not enough gameplay for me, or the gameplay that's there is is kind of lacking. I like I said, I think if they added some more mini games or fixed the latte art stuff, the fact that we've now spoken and I've kind of realised there are more story arcs and more story branches than initially first thought is great. Um, but I'm still not 100% sold on that whole ending bit where you don't get to see everything and everything's not kind of um, wrapped up fully for me. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think where I come down on it is I think Coffee Talk is a game where the sum is uh, the sum is less than its individual parts because I don't think the gameplay is is special or 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 like good or I, and I, I don't think it's bad. Like I wasn't as down on it as all of you seem to be, but I also cheated my way through it because <laughs> I didn't care about it at the end of the day, right? I got so frustrated. I, I got so frustrated and with like making one of these drinks, and and I think I did it like three times. And the and then I gave up and I looked it up and the problem was I put ginger in before honey and if I had to put honey in and then ginger <laughs> yep. and I was like for fuck's sake this is ridiculous like all of the ingredients are there. It's gonna get mixed anyway. Like why? Yeah, exactly. It's gonna get mixed anyway. What's the difference? Yeah. I, yeah. And I I think I think that's a fair criticism, um, but I think. I think where I come down on it is like when I when I judge a game, right? And like you're you're assigning like numerical values and stuff like that. I think I am particularly with indie games, I am willing to forgive something that's not good if the if there are enough other elements that feel special or unique. Mm-hmm. And I think that every other aspect of Coffee Talk feels special and unique. Um, like we talked about, I think the art is really, really good. I am a huge fan of pixel art, and I think yeah. that there's really, really good pixel art, good character models, um, the the music, the the sound effects, the overall 
vibe and, and aesthetic of the game is really good. And I think its writing is better than several other, um, you know, games I've thought of as contenders for having great or best writing kind of things. Like, if you were going to ask me, like, what are the five best narrative games on Nintendo Switch, I think this is one I might consider for that spot um, because it is really good. And I think the things about it that are not good are not so bad that they drag down the things about it that are different and unique to so many other games that I've played and even even other similar games. So um, that's that's where I come down on it is I think that the criticisms that we've lobbed at it are fair. There are things I wish it did differently. Um, there are places where I wish it had, you know, uh, invested more resources. Like I would love a few more days. I would love uh, a more developed ending or, you know, dialogue branches or whatever. But I think those are also things that like are prime for a sequel because I think this was a really solid proof of concept. If this is the only coffee talk we ever get, it's a game I'll remember fondly. Uh, and if it's not, and if it's the first step towards, you know, um, what they want to be a series, I think a sequel could easily address the problems that we've laid out here and be a game that connects with a wider audience. But I would definitely highly recommend it. If you are into narrative games, uh, this is a special one. I wholeheartedly agree with that. That was very well said. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to close it off because we're, we're just over an hour in and, and Pete, Pete brought the heat. What are you going to do? We should just clip that part and upload it as the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is why he's usually the host. I'm just, you know, I'm just here. Just DJ, real quick, can you just give me a transcript of that so I can throw that in the, the feature for the website? That was my thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you to Asobi for writing in. If you want to write in, feel free to hit us up. Um, we're, you know, all of our social media, Twitter, you name it, all in the plugs. Um, thank you all for joining me. I hope you had fun. I did. Thank you. Yeah, for that was hosting. great. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's some some kinks that we're gonna work out doing this, but I, I thought it was good. Um, a story narrative driven game with different branching paths could be hard to talk about because I learned stuff about the game that I you know had no idea was even there, um, which is a little embarrassing. But that's <laughs> we'll we'll get through that. <laughs> so thank you all I'm for listening. Get the secret ending next time. Yeah. I swear to God. Yeah, I know. like DJ, I, I you're editing the show. Just edit it out and then like patch you in, just like being the expert on the game. She's like, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, yes, this is 100%. exactly what happened. I usually <laughs> I, I do that with the main show. I'll just like if I say something stupid, I usually just cut it out. And I'm yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> your editor's power. <laughs> That's the power of the editor. Make yourself sound like a genius. I know. I know. You're it's just like, gonna re-record Pete's concluding remarks now in your voice and chuck it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's and that then transcript the you wanted the part where he's like pete really said it the best he's just like i really said it the best i really brought the heat <laughs> oh man so anyway we're gonna definitely put up like some polls and we'll we'll kind of like uh expand on this as we move on as far as like what games we're gonna play who we're gonna have yeah. on i know we have some talks about doing a uh a xenoblade one um but we'll get everybody's feedback and it's gonna be a lot of fun so i hope that you all Join in next time, write in, and then play along with us, and we will catch you next time on the Loopots Game Club. See you next time.